and welcome to In All Fairness, where I aim to address modern day millennial dilemmas, the ups and downs of hashtag adulting, and encourage everyone to be okay with not being okay. In all fairness, we're only human and we weren't meant to be perfect. Hi, it's Shreya here and I'm on my own today for this first episode as I thought it would be quite a nice way to kick things off and introduce myself a little bit and give you my own personal views on my experience of adulting so far and the lessons I've learned and I'm still trying to learn. To be honest, this whole lockdown experience has kind of made me really appreciate my own company and I've learned a lot about myself, which I'm sure has been the case for many of you too. So I thought what better time than now to really embrace individualism and I think this whole isolation period also kind of mirrors the loneliness that we can sometimes feel when we enter adulthood. So that seemed like quite a good place to start. I'm still feeling quite nervous doing this solo and I keep convincing myself not to because I wasn't sure if anyone would really care about my life. And sometimes I feel like a bit of a fraud thinking, why am I doing this when I don't have my life together? But then I remind myself that the whole point of this isn't for me to convince you that I do, but on the contrary, actually appreciate the fact that I don't and that nobody really does. And it's normal to experience all the highs and lows and ups and downs in life. I think we're all so used to being exposed to the shiny and sugar-coated lives of the influencers and celebrities that we follow and their carefully curated highlight reels. And I know that I have definitely fallen into the trap of feeling like my life isn't exciting or perfect enough in comparison and it's sad isn't it that we that what is considered a pretty normal life for the majority of us is made out to feel so abnormal online and so I basically just want to keep it really real out here and I hope that in me actually following through with this solo episode and sharing some of my experiences that you'll be able to resonate a lot more with what I say. So I won't bore you too much and I'll try not to turn this into my autobiography. I mean, who do I think I am? But just talk through some of my key takeaways right from school through to university to present day. So I grew up in East London and I had a pretty straightforward, seamless upbringing. I was very fortunate to have two very loving parents who continue to be my biggest cheerleaders literally they will hype me up and still think that I'm the best thing ever which can be quite misleading but I'm not complaining and on the whole my experience through school has been quite positive although there are a few things that do stick out to me. One of the first schools I went to was an all-girls catholic school and I have two distinct memories from primary school the first being that I was one of very few brown kids in the entire school. And it was a very interesting experience because I remember not having very many friends there. And I know it sounds really sad, but it's actually quite funny because I just remember being quite chill in my own company. And for an Asian girl, I had had a really early growth spurt. So I was a lot taller and lankier than the other girls. And I also had this really big black bushy hair, which at one point my mum had cut into a boy cut or a pixie cut. And so not only was I the only brown kid, 
but the only brown kid that looked like a boy in an all-girls Catholic school. (laughs) So tragic. I'll just leave you with an image of that for a minute. But my other distinct memory from primary school was something called show and tell, which I think a lot of you will probably remember from your primary school days. And it was essentially where you would bring in an item that you were really loving that week and rave about it to your classmates. And I remember even back in school, I had a really love-hate relationship with show and tell because sometimes I just wouldn't have anything that week that was particularly interesting to show and tell everybody. And I mention this now because I think it's really ironic how we now do the exact same thing every single day via social media. And it's funny how we've come full circle and are participating in a show and tell through our adult lives. And I mean, I was anxious back then having to show up just once a week. So it's no wonder that everyone's so burnt out these days when you feel like you have to show up every single day. And I'm not sitting here on my high horse condemning social media and Instagram stories and Snapchat because it is what it is. And I'm definitely as guilty as anyone of storying almost every moment of my life. And whilst I'm trying to be a bit more mindful of this now, It doesn't actually mean it's wrong to do it if you do. When you do post things online, I feel like there's a camp of people that will make you feel bad about it and claim that you can't be living your best life or you can't be living in the moment if you're constantly sharing your moments with everyone else. But just do what you want. We did it back in school, so why not do it now? As long as it doesn't stress you out or make you feel anxious and as long as you're not doing it for anyone other than yourself, then it's fine. Anyway, I digress. Back to my short life story and moving swiftly on to secondary school. I went to an all-girls again and on the whole, I thought it was great. A lot of people hate on single-sex schools, but I think it's really just personal preference uh, whether you benefit from them. For me, it seemed to work pretty well because it took away a lot of the distractions that you can get from having boys around and all the drama that can come with it. And I was pretty studious anyway and didn't really care for boys or for going out very much. So it was quite a good setting for me and I think it just really gave me an opportunity to build strong, genuine female friendships and I valued that time quite a lot. I was also just very focused on getting my grades and into the university that I wanted, which is ironic now because at 18... I really didn't have any idea what working life was really going to be like and really what I wanted to do with my life. I mean, I I barely know what I want to do now to an extent. And as an Indian, as a lot of you might be able to relate, choosing what you want to study for university or for your A-levels isn't a particularly difficult decision because by default, we're pretty much set to become doctors or lawyers or something along those lines. And part of me is a little relieved that it did take away those, some of those potential options, because if you know me, you know I can be pretty indecisive at the best of times, but it still, it just baffles me that we have to make such important decisions so early on in our lives. And if I'd known what I know now about the world of banking and finance, I probably would have taken a very different path to back then. So yeah, if you haven't already guessed, I went on to study economics at the University of Nottingham, which 
was the best university ever in my not so biased opinion. I had the best three years there. I really grew into myself and it was the first time I was away from home. So I really loved being independent and learning to do things on my own. I was part of probably too many sports and social clubs and I was actually a Nottingham Arrows cheerleader for two out of the three years that I was there and don't let anyone tell you cheer isn't a sport by the way because let me tell you it is blooming intense throwing girls up in the air and making sure you catch them. I mean it was pretty badass and I met some of the most powerful sassy women and men who have now come to become my best friends And one of the biggest takeaways for me from cheer was actually this mentality of being a cheerleader and not just on the mat and in the gym, but in my everyday life. And it's now something that I try and manifest myself through all of my relationships and all of my friendships. So university was great. And I think the whole university bubble really did shield me from the outside world in a way, because when I left, I was so full of optimism and naivety is probably the better word for it. And I just had no idea how much I would struggle with the adjustment into the working world. I started out at a hedge fund as a fresh grad, which was probably my first faux pas because I literally felt like I was swimming in a sea full of sharks, but we move and I'm still here to tell the tale. So it's all good. But yeah, we really aren't prepared I don't think, for this transition, but at least I definitely wasn't. And I know that there's this misconception that if you live in London, you've made it. But moving back from Nottingham, I hated the heaving tubes and the constant feeling of rushing everywhere and being so far away from my friends, even though a lot of my friends were actually still in London. I mean, if you live in London, you know that getting anywhere is at least an hour commute. Um, But I just missed being in such close proximity to my friends, which I was so used to at university. And I know that this all sounds like a very first world problem to have. And it is. But in all honesty, I still felt so overwhelmed at that point. And remember just feeling completely lost. And I remember actually in the first year back from university thinking, this is it this is the rest of my life until I retire. Like, what is that, 60 odd years? And if this is what adulting involves, I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with it. And it's funny because when I was 18, I remember thinking being an adult was so cool and it came with all of this freedom, the freedom to do whatever you wanted and go out wherever you wanted and do all of these things. But now... Being an adult to me is so far from being free. Like my idea of freedom is so different to back then. I mean, back then I thought by 25, I'd be married and having kids and my whole I'll have my whole life together. And now I'm 26. And sometimes I'll catch myself thinking, oh, you're 26, it's fine. You've got plenty of time to figure things out and your whole life ahead of you. But then other times I'll catch myself thinking, you're already 26 and you haven't done all of these things you're past a quarter of a century you're not even married yet and I think that's when it becomes so easy to start to compare your life with everyone else's which is just made worse by the presence of social media and being able to see everyone's highlight reel 
And I don't know, I think sometimes I do feel like I'm halfway to becoming an adult because I'll find myself prioritizing bedtimes over going out clubbing and I'll be getting more excited than I probably should at things like Ikea trips and home decor. I remember when I first moved back from London, my girlfriends and I would hit up all of the sparkly Mayfair London clubs for free tables and bottle service in our bodycon dresses and high heels. And now I'd much rather just chill in a park in some trainers and play a few board games. So maybe if that's what adulting is, then maybe I am getting there. So that's my journey to adulthood, I guess, in a nutshell. Uh, Like I said, I, I didn't want to go into too much detail in case I bored you, but just say out loud some of my thoughts and feelings that I've had through these experiences. And I know that in reality, it's been pretty straightforward for me in the sense that I'm quite privileged being a female growing up in a first world country and from a stable family background. So I definitely haven't faced some of the same struggles that many others have, but I have had my fair share of hiccups. We all have along the way. And whilst at the time they seem like the worst thing in the world, it's now so clear to me how important it was for me to actually have had those specific experiences because I wouldn't be the person I am today without them. I remember actually whenever I was having a tough time, a friend of mine would always joke that it was just character building from literally the smallest, most trivial things like a bit of acne before a big event to more serious things like work mess ups. He'd just say, it's character building. And I remember it would always irritate me when he'd say it because I mean, it's hard to see the silver linings all the time when you're going through whatever you're going through. But there is definitely merit in what he said because it's so true, no matter what you go through and no matter how big or small or how bad or good it is, they all become your lived experience and make you who you are. Little five-year-old Shreya with that boy cut black hair at an all-girls Catholic school that didn't have many friends just learnt to enjoy her own company and I guess it explains a lot of my present day characteristics and traits. When I tore my ACL a year and a half ago I remember thinking it was the worst thing in the world and that my life was over and I'd never be able to walk again but I was so determined to smash my rehab program and was extremely disciplined and focused and I can now proudly say I've run a 10k and I have a lot more strength physically and mentally than I ever did before. So it really was character building and has has shaped the person I am today. Obviously, I wish it hadn't happened, but I know now that I can be insanely determined if I need to be. And it's true what they say, you really do grow through what you go through, as cheesy as that sounds. And I think it's fair to say, lockdown has been the ultimate character building period for a lot of us. From the conversations I've had with my friends and family, it seems lockdown seems to have come with a roller coaster of emotions for everyone and has really put us to the test. I remember when lockdown was first announced and there being this scurry amongst everyone online and in my group of friends and family to make it this creative retreat and tick off a thousand things off your to-do list and learn a hundred new skills. And I mean, I remember myself writing a list of things that I wanted to achieve, which in hindsight was probably quite a damaging thing to do because it's so unachievable. 
And you're almost setting yourself up for failure because there's no way that you can tick off every single thing. But I guess that was just everyone's way of dealing with that complete upheaval of life as we knew it. And we wanted to sort of give ourselves a bit of purpose again, which is fine. But it's also fine if you didn't quite manage to do those things because this whole period has just been weird and overwhelming for everyone, no matter what your situation was. Initially, I found it quite a difficult adjustment, especially as someone who's quite used to leaning on friends and being in social situations. But over the course of the few months, what I've valued the most is the opportunity it's given me to reflect internally and really check myself on a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have been able to face had I not been forced into isolation. Again, I know my lockdown experience has been quite comfortable compared to so many others and for that I am incredibly grateful, but did I find myself still crying for absolutely no reason on some days? Yep, definitely guilty. So no matter what your situation was and how you dealt with it, own your experience and don't feel bad because in all fairness, we're all entitled to feel our own feelings. And to be honest, I've actually gotten way too used to being in my own company now. And I'm definitely feeling a little far removed from society. So I think it'll be an adjustment in itself to get used to seeing big crowds again and just relearning how to be myself around people other than my immediate family. So I guess take things at your own pace and don't do anything you're not comfortable doing. And also be conscious of those who can't quite come out of isolation just yet and be mindful of your actions still. So I think I'll leave it there. It seems like I've rambled on for 18 minutes, front and back. It's a lame friends reference. If you if you know, you know. And if you have made it this far and I haven't just ruined my reputation with that awful little attempt at humour, then thank you so much for sticking with me. I would love if you could rate and leave a review as it will really help to keep the podcast going. And in the next episode, you can catch me chatting to my friend, fellow podcaster and upcoming author, Dami Eden, about the impact of systemic racism, which is still so prevalent in the UK. We discuss how we can all do our bit and overcome that fear of speaking up to become better allies. So please do subscribe and follow in order to stay updated with when it does go live. And hopefully I will catch you then. Thank you so much again for listening. Bye.